0: There are tons of podcasts on the internet where the host is underqualified. This is not one of those podcasts. Mark Skelton has a bachelor's in psychology, a master's in clinical mental health counseling, and currently working on his doctorate in clinical psychology. And he has over 10 years of working in the field of psychology. Qualified. Qualified. If it's mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement, he knows his stuff. During this show, you'll learn about general topics of psychology concepts and theories. Everything from neuroscience, psychology of fear, brain foods, psychoanalysis. What is therapy? What is depression? This is the Skelton Report. And this is your host, Mark Nathaniel Skelton.
1: All right, welcome to the Skeleton Report, a podcast with people. This is Mark Nathaniel Skelton, and just want to give you a warm welcome, especially if you are joining us for the first time. And if you're returning, you know that I appreciate the love. I think we're going to have a really, really good episode today. We're going to be talking about the doll experiment. But before we get into that, happy Juneteenth, happy Father's Day to anyone that it applies to. And I want you to know that if you're doing anything, make sure that you're tuning in next week. I have a colleague coming on. He's going to be talking about positive psychology, black psychology, a lot of good stuff. So do not miss next week. I think it's going to be a great episode. So with all that, once again, I want to wish you well. And let's go ahead and just dive into the material. What if I asked you a question? You know, would you believe that a set of black and white dolls, that's D O L L S, played a major role in the desegregation of public schools in the mid 1950s? Well, today we're going to be discussing the controversial. Doll test experiment performed by two Black psychologists, doctors Kenneth and Mamie Clark. Now, this gives us great insight to the effects of racism and segregation on the Black mind during this era of our nation, and we can argue in contemporary times as well. Now, um, let me tell you how this came about for this topic for this episode. Now, I've heard about this doll experiment during my undergraduate studies and throughout my, my schooling. So, I definitely have an idea of it. But when I changed my uh, cover photo on my Facebook, a sister from a church network made a comment that this was an awesome study, but it would be interesting to learn more. And so, that sparked interest. You know, I talked to a couple of other people, talked to my wife, and just it just kind of was like, well, you know what? I would like to learn a little bit more about this. And I think that'd be awesome. So, Hey, why not make it the next episode? So if you're like completely at ground zero, you don't know anything about this or maybe, you know, a little bit, it's basically let's just get a basic foundation. So black children were shown black and white dolls and asked a series of questions that revealed their preference was to white dolls, even though they identified as black. So this speaks to so much like love of self, ego development, preference. What's, what's happening, why is this happening? So what social and cultural factors, what was the zeitgeist of the nation during that time and now that contributes to these dynamics? And so this is what we'll be looking at today. So before we get into the actual meat of the experiment, I just wanna give a little background and context what was going on in the nation during this time. Then we'll talk about the experiment and then we'll end off with some of the results and the implication. Of the study, so back school. So we're talking school segregation after the Civil War. All right. Um, so beginning around 1877, this was the Reconstruction Era. That's when segregation began, and it ended around at, well, at 1954, due to the Supreme Court ruling in Brown versus the Board of Education. Yes, this actual experiment contributed to the the Brown versus the Board of Education ruling that took place. So the legal landscape during this time in 1951, there was school segregation. It was mandated by law. It was in 17 states practicing uh, the nation's capital and countless other school districts and seemingly blessed by this 55-year-old separate but equal doctrine. I put that in quotes, separate separate but equal. Um, I looked at .edu. They talked about this as well, uh, separate but equal doctrine. It basically gave constitutional sanctions to laws designed to achieve racial segregation by means of separate and equal public facilities and services for African-Americans and whites. And so what I'm learning is this was just basically like double talk. Separate but equal is basically diametrically opposed but they just used it as a means to keep African-Americans segregated. So in prior cases, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, so the NAACP, had sought relief by demonstrating the almost universal inequality of segregated schools. However, they switched up their game. Now, the lawyers of the NAACP sought to convince the U.S. Supreme Court that segregation in and of itself was unconstitutional. And now to make this case, Thurgood Marshall. All right, this was the first African American to serve as a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. Side notes Chadwick Bos- Bosman, long live Chadwick. But if you have not seen Thurgood, which is played by Chadwick, you definitely need to check that out. It was a 2017 drama, law, film, and it's great. It kind of speaks to the society at that time and some of the dynamics that were taking place. So check that out when you get the time. However, back to this situation, before this appointment, all right, Thurgood Marshall and his team of lawyers needed something that provided overwhelming proof to demonstrate that equal education at equal educational opportunities for African-Americans was impossible to achieve in a segregated system, no matter how, quote unquote, equal the facilities may be. So even this is on uscourse.gov. Once again, I'm going to put the resources or the references in uh, the description so you can check that out and further your studies. Um, They devised a strategy to attack the Jim Crow laws. And so what they wanted to do is they wanted to mount an attack on the belief that African-American children were different from white children and unworthy of sitting side by side with them in a classroom. So Marshall and his team relied on the work of a group of social scientists who had been studying the effects of segregation on black children, So this is where it gets interesting. And this is where the Clarks come in. So they were social psychologists. Thurgood Marshall asked uh, Dr. Kenneth and Mamie Clark, both of them held doctorates in psychology to re- repeat experiments with school children from Clarendon County, South Carolina, that had that they conducted in New York City in the 1930s. So in this, you know, just a basic understanding in this experiment, the Clarks handed black children four dolls, they asked them a series of questions, and they analyzed the data that they received. But before we dig into the actual experiment, let's talk a little bit about who Dr. Clark and Dr. Clark were. So Dr. Kenneth Clark was born in 1914 and raised in Harlem, New York. Uh, Dr. Mammy Clark, there was a married couple and She was born in Hot Springs, Arkansas in 1917. Um, Both obtained their bachelor's and master's degree from Howard University, HBCU. Uh, The Clarks were the first African-Americans to obtain their doctorate degrees in psychology from Columbia University, and they were influential in civil rights movement, apparently. Now look at this, Dr. Clark was the first African-American tenured full professor at City College of New York, the first African American to be the president of the American Psychological Association. That's an accomplishment. And the first African American appointed to New York City or the New York State Board of Regents. He was also a member of the most noble Kappa Alpha Psi. Shout out to all my noobs out there as well. Dr. Mamie Clark, She uh, decided to conduct her master's thesis on, check out this title, I'd love to get my hands on this, the development of consciousness of self in Negro preschool children. So not long after she met, after this uh, thesis, she met her soon-to-be husband, Dr. Clark, who partnered with her to extend her thesis research on self-identification in Black children. This Thesis was basically the forerunner, the prelude, or preliminary to this doll experiment. When they came together, they helped develop it. And that's when this doll experiment came into play, which once again played a role in the Brown versus the Board of Education in 1954. So with that background, let's talk a little bit about the actual experiment. Um, So this experiment wasn't only done once and it has been produced, often imitated, but never originated. There's other psychologists that use this, but Dr. Clark and Clark were the ones that first did this study. So I have some information here from Howard and Kennedy as well as the article one of the articles from the study and this is the one we're going to look at is from the 1940s it's from Dr. Clark and Clark and it's titled the racial identification and preferences in negro children so this is actually one of the doll studies so you can get a better idea of what actually the dynamics of the doll study was and so the problem in it and once again this is in the public domain the analysis, they want to do analysis. So they want to check out and understand a little bit more of the genesis and the development of racial identification as a function of the ego. Now, when I say ego, I'm talking about your conscious mind. I'm talking about the self, you know, the I am this that's in you, that you, right? And it, how it develops and its self-awareness in Negro children. These these are the words actually using in these... Um, studies you know was telling of the times they also wanted to check out race awareness and that's the consciousness of the self as belonging to a specific group which was differentiated by obvious physical features so your phenotype and um, also the purpose of the experiment was to um, explore how african-american children developed a sense of self and the Clark's were also interested in Black children's racial preferences. So what they preferred. So let me give you some information on the actual experiment, like the methods and the procedures and you know who all was involved. So in this particular study from the 40s. Uh, subjects were 200 from this particular study. There was 253 Negro children and 119 were from the north states and 134 were from the south. Um, They were from nursery and public schools. So Hot Springs, those from the South were from Hot Springs, Pine Bluff, Little Rock, Arkansas, and from North, they were from Springfield, Massachusetts. Now, the age ranges were from three to seven. Um, 31 of the subjects were three years old. 29 of the subjects were four years old. 46 of the subjects were five. 72 were six, and 75 were seven years old. Uh, Those that were males were 116 and the females were 137. There was actually grouped into three categories when it comes to skin color. Those that were light, 46. Those that were medium made up 128, uh, which were the most. And those that were classified as dark made up 79 of the subjects. Now, what happened was um, the experimenters presented The subjects with four dolls, identical in every way, features save their skin color. Two dolls were brown with black hair and two dolls were white with yellow hair. The dolls were unclothed except with a white diaper. And the dolls were positioned in the same um, form, such as with their arms and legs or whatnot. And they were presented in the order of white, colored, white, colored, for the first half and for the other half it was reverse it was colored white colored white for the other half you know to protect against error and biases now and you know to control so the children were asked eight questions and these were the questions that they're asked one the first one was give me the doll that you would like to play with are like best The second question was, give me the doll that is the nice doll. The third question, give me the doll that looks bad. And four, give me the doll that is a nice color. Now, the first four questions were designed to reveal the children's racial preferences. All right. So this helped them better understand which doll they preferred, which race they preferred. Questions five through seven were as follows. Five was give the doll that looks, give me the doll that looks like a white child. Six was give me the doll that looks like a colored child. And seven was give me the doll that looks like a Negro child to help them really differentiate the races. And so, Questions five through seven were used to test the children's knowledge of the racial differences, all right, in the construct of what is a Negro, what is a colored, and what is a white child. And the last question, eight, was give me the doll that looks like you. And uh, that was to help address how children self-identified, whether that they identified with the white doll or the black doll. Keep in mind that each one of the children were black or in those times, Negro children. So let's take a look at these results. All right, so children had the children had a clear, uh, clearly established knowledge of a racial difference by the physical features It means the majority of the children knew what the black what a black doll was and what a white doll was when uh, the experimenter asked for uh, whichever one. Uh, the darker skinned children seem to have a stronger identification by skin color. So was more certain, more accurate uh, when they was um, asked which doll is black or which one's white. And majority of the Negro children prefer the white doll and rejected the color doll. Two thirds of subjects indicated by their responses that they like the white doll best or that they would like to play with the white doll in preference to the colored doll and that the white doll is a nice doll. Listen to this, a negative attitude towards the brown or black doll. So 59% of the children indicated that the colored doll looks bad while only 17% said the white doll looks, looks bad. Now six, that means basically six out of 10 of these children. All right. Felt that, They had a negative attitude towards the black doll and they themselves are black. What are the implications? Remember the dolls had the same features. Everything was the same, just the colors was different. What does that, the the implications of that? Now, some of the children, actually I thought this was interesting. It's in the article, it's an actual research. Some of the children broke down and cried or became somewhat negativistic during the latter part when they were required to self make their self-identification. And the reason why is they were realizing that they are black and yet they prefer the white doll. Two children actually ran out of the testing room inconsolable and convulsed in tears. Also, a rationalization was made, which is a defense ne- mechanism to protect you emotionally from the impact of a situation. They rationalized, um, why in in other words they justified their choice and some would say it's just because of the doll's eyelashes that's why i prefer the white doll or the hands or the feet and the knees and you can understand that that couldn't be it because they was all identical the only thing that was different was the color so what are the results and the implication of this study well just this just a little bit of me right now like just being down the earth with you If you're a parent of a Black child or any child, especially African-American children, you need to consciously reinforce the value that we have and that Black is beautiful. That's what this study has done for me looking into it. And I encourage you to do the same. Now, psychologically, let's look at this. So this is from Clark and Kennedy as well as Clark and Clark. For the Clarks, the results... Of the Dahl studies demonstrated the psychological consequences of racial segregation. They reasoned that when Black children learned that they could not attend the white schools as white children's and had to in- attend these inferior schools, all right, relative to uh, those attended by their white counterparts, this led Black children to internalize anti Blackness, resulting in a negative self. A sense of self and a lower self esteem. I actually did a research in, I believe it was the first semester um, in this in the doctor program, and wow, Um, I did something on the. It's called the book called the Big Test, and I wrote on how you know psychological testing. It's it's well known. You know, it has a a discriminatory past towards minorities. Which you know, there's claims that that's being worked on. However, in there, I learned uh, there's a chapter called the Negro Problem, and how there was, you know, to make a long story short, (laughs) during this time, a lot of the black schools, especially in the South, had a lot of resources. Well, their resources was worse. Okay, the schools were worse off than um, the majority population schools. So this, you know, this just supports that. This is this was a known fact. And so what happens with this is this doesn't just evaporate in the air. It impacts these children and it impacts them in such a way that they start feeling a low self-esteem. And once again, this is on an unconscious level. If you work from that frame of reference um, and theoretical orientation as myself, So these findings had a large impact as well in in developmental psychology, so the different stages that people take as they get older, as it increased um, research in areas of self-esteem and self-concept. So let's take it back to the Brown versus the Board of Education. All right, after these results that were known, the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund read an article, so one similar to what we just shared, and which was offered by dr clark regarding the doll studies and asked him and his wife to provide expert testimony all right uh you know when a professional comes in in a particular field and uh speaks on behalf of research or studies within uh, that particular field in the lower court cases that provided the basis for brown so once again nps.org uh kenneth clark's testimony which concluded the Dahl tests and other social researches was also cited by Chief Justice Warren in the Brown decision. So when it comes to actual court decision to the Clarks, these tests provided solid proof that enforced segregation stamped African-American children with a badge of inferiority that would last the rest of their lives. The argument, the argument swayed the U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren, in writing the court's opinion, noted that the legal separation of Black children gave them a feeling of inferiority as to their status in the community that may affect their hearts and minds in a way unlikely to ever be undone. So, the study's role played a major part in the landmark civil rights case. Brown versus Board of Education, which overturned state-sponsored segregation in the United States. That's that's amazing. Now, in conclusion, basically, this was a genius design and experiment by two very intelligent, clever African-American psychologists. They was a married couple, dynamic duo. They did good for the community, playing a role in overturning state-sponsored segregation. It also gives us insight. Um and others to the sense of self-esteem of African-Americans and importance of being conscious of their inner workings and thoughts and sense of self and ego development. So if anything, if your parents are just African-American yourself or you know, of the majority population, it's very important to know these effects and the results of this study. And to parents especially, you need to be intentional to tell and validate your children that black is beautiful. Encourage their ego. Hey, do what I did. I had my children listen to James Brown say loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Great song, just like my parents had me listen to and to help build up some of your ego strength so that you won't on this unconscious level wish that you were somebody else. Okay. So, hey, that's all I got. I hope it was a blessing for you. It was for me um if anything like i said tune in next week one last thing we successfully completed the first year of uh, doctorate studies um hey feeling good thanks thanks for the support once again i'm gonna just be sharing what i'm learning with you all and uh you know share this with someone make a comment uh hit me up and i'll just i'll catch you on the next go around peace
0: You've been listening to The Skelton Report. Mark is an expert in mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement. This show is informative about science, research, and literature within professional psychology. If it's neuroscience, psychology of fear, brain foods, psychoanalysis, diving in depth about therapy and depression, and speaking to stigmas and issues within the minority and church communities. It's all here. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you got some practical and useful Information. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at skeleton underscore neuro. Check out the website at skeletonneurocounseling.com. And if you have questions or comments, email Mark at skeleton neuroscience at gmail.com. Till next time, this is the Skelton Report, signing off for now.